From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk continued Cavs success and more injuries, a ridiculous weekend of NFL playoff games, and we save the 2022 Major League Baseball season. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Denko is here. Hey, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Food and beverage chairman Chuck Rambaldo is here as well. <laughs> awesome. Hey, man. <laughs> Chuck, let's start with you. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes to find perfect candidates for the perfect job. Monster.com provides detailed employer profiles and allows job seekers to upload their resumes. FlexJobs updates job listings daily to remove filled positions. So, Chuck, which service should the secondary coaches in Tampa and Buffalo use for their job searches this offseason? All three. <laughs> that would be a good start. <laughs> Speaking of the NFL, let's take things a little bit out of order because it doesn't make sense to talk about anything else first, but the NFL divisional round weekend and the games that we saw Every single one, almost a gem. And what I learned from this weekend of divisional round playoffs, that home field advantage doesn't matter. Rankings don't matter. Having the best quarterback maybe doesn't matter. Kickers seem to matter a bunch. And the time left on the clock means absolutely nothing. Phil, what the hell did we watch this weekend? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel like the NFL had scripted this weekend in some back room midweek and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, Vince McMahon's in charge here. <laughs> and you know, This is exactly what the NFL wanted, right? Like it was all four games came down to a walk-off score like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's unheard of Saturday's games, a little low scoring weather had something to do with that. And, and, you know, it was, it was a walk-off kick and Sunday started that way too. But I mean, just excitement as someone who didn't have a rooting interest in any of the games, like that's exactly what the NFL fan wanted to see. Right. Well, your favorite team is the Buffalo bills and they lost on yeah, it was Sunday my night. chosen team because my favorite team is <laughs> winning the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky, what did you think about these games? It, it's funny that Phil said Vince McMahon. I said the same thing to my wife. I'm like, WWF or E doesn't script it as well as this weekend happened. I thought I may have watched the best weekend of NFL football of my life. Uh, it, not having a, a rooting interest in, well, I, I'm, I'm happy to watch football at any point, but I wasn't emotionally attached to any team. So it was nice that it delivered uh, in far delivered my expectations to see great young quarterbacks, questionable defense, and just unbelievable speed. All the things that I wish the team I love possessed. <laughs> 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 uh, and I knew like it was on, on they, they were on to something uh, in the last game, the, the Chiefs game, because uh, I had put my son to bed and he, he was being a little cranky, so I was rocking him. I had to yell downstairs, like, send me up my phone so I could watch the end of the game. <laughs> and I, I came down right as it was going into overtime, and my wife was sitting there watching it. Unless it's a Steeler game, she doesn't care. And right. She looked at me, she goes, I have no interest in any of these teams, but this game is insane. I'm like, oh, man, they're winning every demo tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> just appealed to everybody. It was It was an unbelievable weekend of football. Unfortunately for us as Browns fans, um, we may be seeing the the quarterback matchup for the next 10 years in the AFC and, and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going back and forth against each other. But all around, just just good football. Although I would say that like the Packers 49ers game wasn't a good game. 
but it was close. So it was entertaining, but it wasn't a lot of fun to watch. I think the games on Sunday were a lot better. And that Bill's Chiefs game was uh, not just for the offense. Like the defense has played really well in that game, too, at times. Um, not in the final minute and a half. They just decided we were not going to do that. <laughs> I think they ran out of gas. <laughs> like they yeah. had nothing left. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's probably true. Just a fantastic weekend, and the NFL has got to be riding pretty high after that. Who's the MVP of the weekend? And some examples you can choose from or pick your own. Joe Burrow or Evan McPherson in Cincinnati. The 49ers special teams. Cooper Cup. Pat Mahomes. Josh Allen, even though he lost. Yeah. Pick one of your own. It's that's really that's a good question, man. A uh, Burrow got sacked nine times and still got up and, and won a game for a, a kid who's that young uh, with a team. And I, I love his attitude where he says we're not underdogs anymore. You know, I like that. But for me, it, it's probably Mahomes because he was kept in check a little bit. Like I watching that game, seeing him scramble that often and, and run for yards. I'm like, man, Buffalo's got a really good defense. But then. You know, in the last basically three minutes of the game, he threw for more yards than than most quarterbacks do in an yeah. entire game in the last three minutes. It might be Andy Reid only because of what he said to Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you heard his quotes when he said when things it's get not about grim, the Grim Reaper, yeah. be the like Grim that. Reaper. <laughs> that is a badass quote from like a jovial man. And I was How like, does that a, work? <laughs> really good quote if he came up with that on the spot. But it, for me, it's probably Patrick Mahomes. You're seeing a guy who does stuff that nobody else can do or has done uh and probably won't do for a while his arm angles are ridiculous he can throw deep he can throw with touch he's an unbelievable athlete and a guy that i don't know if anybody really saw coming three or four years ago and there's nothing he can't do so for me back against the wall with no time and they run two plays and tie the game and it, it ridiculous ridiculous what he did this weekend in the same amount of time it took the Dallas Cowboys to blow the last play of their playoff game, Patrick Mahomes took that team like 45 yards to set up the yep. field. Yep. That's yep. ridiculous. Uh, Phil, how about you? MVP of the weekend? I'm definitely going with Mahomes. I would say that the MVP, uh, really, the way that weekend ended um, would have been either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. The way that game ended, the way that you get to that point in the game where there's two minutes left and all of a sudden there's 24 more points to be scored before overtime in, in that amount of time. Watching it kind of half rooting for the Bills, I think they probably had that game one two or three times in the last few minutes yeah, of that game sure. where they thought, okay, we got them, man. We're up. We're up. They got to score a touchdown. There's two and a half minutes left. Oh, there's one and a half minutes left. Oh, there's 13 seconds left. And every time they just marched down the field. I mean, it's kind of a joke to say as a Browns fan, but you, you know, you, you kick the ball to a team like the chiefs with 13 seconds on the clock. And like, Oh no, we left them too much time. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a joke. And it turned out to be true. Like there's no way to do what he did other than complete two chunk plays with no room for error. And Oh, by the way, we have at least one timeout left. Like that's the only way that works. Right. And they did it without fail. You know, the overtime rules aside, I felt like, these teams were just dead. Like once it went to overtime, I thought, okay, no one's stopping these offenses. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes went out there. And I mean, the way, like Chuck said, the way he pulls plays out of something that looks just ridiculous, changing his arm angle, scrambling around, finding time. And these guys get open for him. Same with Josh Allen. He was doing the same thing. He was doing the exact same thing. So my MVP is Mahomes because he came out victorious and I couldn't believe what I was seeing in the last 13 seconds of that game of uh, regulation. Anyway, I could go either way with the two quarterbacks in that game. I'm going with the 49ers special teams. I think you guys are suffering a recency so bias. Boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> boring. You just chose the special teams. 
of the they, 49ers. <laughs> they, they blocked a field goal and they blocked a punt in that hey, game. The, but for those things happening, they would have lost. They'd have lost the 10 MVP to 3. of that game. But the, come on, the whole weekend? The MVP of the whole weekend. Yeah. Everybody knew Patrick Mahomes was going to do Mahomesy things. I have, and, I have Darius Garland rated higher than the 49ers special teams <laughs> for the whole weekend. <laughs> Garland had a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how often do you see two kicks blocked in one game? Yeah. And how how many times have you seen it in a playoff game? And but for that, they would have lost somehow, even though if you're watching that game, it seemed like the 49ers were better than the Packers the entire time, but they just could never score. They couldn't get out of their own way when they needed to, whatever, whatever it is. But my MVP, <laughs> the 49ers special teams, well done, gentlemen. Well done done let's uh move ahead then to championship weekend coming up next week let's start with the afc championship game bengals at the chiefs a rematch of one of the really really good games of the regular season bengals won 34 31 in cincinnati other than joe burrow and pat mahomes who's going to be the most important player in this game i would like to say joe mixon but if it turns into a shootout it's it's maybe jamar chase or any of the other receivers on that that Bengal team just as high powered of an offense as as the Chiefs uh, with possibly deeper weapons at, at the receiver position but I assume it, it'd be a much I think we're going to expect a shootout and maybe it won't turn into that uh, so to me it's got to be Joe Mixon he's had a great year an underrated year uh, and got it done against the Titans uh, I think if he has a good game the blueprint's got to be to keep Mahomes and that Chiefs offense off the field so if, if they can run the ball which you typically can against the Chiefs they, they might have a chance and I don't even take into account the game where the Bengals just won two weeks ago or three weeks ago whatever it was uh, this is a different animal uh, it's an AFC championship with a team who's been there now four years in a row I think yeah. so to, to me you got to do everything you can to keep Mahomes Hill Kelsey off the field so mixing this is an underrated bad prediction on my part I don't know if you remember from our preseason predictions I said there's no way the Chiefs can get back to a fourth <laughs> AFC championship game I think I picked the Browns and the Bills to be playing in that one <laughs> <laughs> Pat Mahomes does it to me again Danko how about you I'm going to steal your special teams thunder and maybe maybe say it's Butker or McPherson the uh the, the kickers on either team like if it is a shootout maybe they get down the field right before half and sneak a field goal in there or something like that I, I don't know that's a terrible take like I, I yeah it's awful teams. kickers so, play like so, four yeah, plays a yeah. game so I, I only I only said that because I feel like the game could be close and the kickers might play heavily in it. Yeah. And both teams have good kickers, which is something we know nothing about. But uh, that's, that's I, true, I man. Phil Dawson played for the Browns. They, he did. Like, <laughs> Phil Dawson, Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas, Hall of Famer. And yeah. they never won anything. Right. <laughs> so um, if there's an MVP on the field on uh, in this game that is not one of the quarterbacks, I could see it being like a guy like Travis Kelsey might go off against uh, a Cincinnati defense where it's just the mismatch problems and it just, they, they don't have an answer for him. And he's, yeah, he's just moving down the middle of the field all game long. I, I don't know. I could be wrong here, but I, I, I feel like maybe the, the Bengals might have the better defense in this game. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Their defense seems so hit or miss all season yeah, long. So it's a like weird Some days thing. they look great and another days they don't. So you don't really know who you're getting. And, and that could be said for both of these teams, right? Like yeah. the way you just described that is like, ah, maybe this is another shootout. I don't know. So I'm going to say Travis Kelsey can be the MVP of this game if it's not one of the quarterbacks. I was going to go special teams, but then I thought about <laughs> it some more. 
And so I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I watched a lot of that game when the Bengals played the Chiefs because that was the one where the Bengals clinched the division. There was no stopping Jamar Chase. Kansas City had nobody. And so Burrow could just step back, wait for him to get open, and just chuck the ball downfield. He was going to catch it and he was going to run with it. And if they do that again, uh, I think they can win a shootout, which is a crazy thing to say when you're playing the Chiefs. But um, if it's not one of the quarterbacks, I think Jamar Chase is going to be the most important guy on the field. Big thing for KC, though, is if Tyron Matthew can't clear yep. the concussion protocol, yep. that's absolutely for their, yeah. their secondary. Yeah. Yeah. As much as Joe Burrow likes to think the Bengals aren't underdogs anymore, this one opened at Chiefs minus seven which seems ridiculously high to me. I, I'm surprised that it's that much, but maybe because they're playing at home. Uh, so, Phil, who you got? Chiefs or Bengals? Straight up. Straight up? Just pick? Straight up. Yep. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. It's at home. You have Andy Reid. Part of me, and this is weird as a Browns fan, part of me wants to see the Bengals win this game. I just think it's like, all right, that's probably who I'll find myself rooting for as this game goes on, which is weird to say, but maybe because they are the underdog and that's kind of my wheelhouse. I, I think the Chiefs pull this one out. Checky? Same straight up or minus seven. I would probably take the chiefs. <laughs> You're going to another AFC championship against a young team who I appreciate the cockiness of Joe Burrow, but that's a, <laughs> that's a big stage, man. Uh, and when you haven't been there uh, and the other team you're playing has been there four times, it, it's like, it's like another, not that it's another game, but it's like, it could be like another game for them. So I'm taking the chiefs. Plus they're, they're my super bowl pick, baby. I'm still yeah, alive. You're still and alive, no, man. No lead is safe, right? That, that's the thing I, I could see like a young Bengals team going in there and maybe getting out quick. Right. And they're up two scores, but no lead is safe against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. And I think that's where they, they grind it out and just, they find their way to win that game one way or another. I agree on the chiefs. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. We might see a lot of points scored again. It might be a really similar game to the one we just watched with the bills and the chiefs, but you can't after this much time and this many years of the chiefs doing what they're doing, you can't really pick against them in these circumstances. So, all right, all three of us on the chiefs, NFC championship 49ers heading to LA to play the Rams. The 49ers beat the Rams twice in the regular season. This one, I believe, will be dubbed as the battle of quarterbacks who don't belong. Jimmy G and Matt Stafford. So, Denko, who do you trust the least? The least? Uh, Jimmy G. I'm pretty sure, and maybe I'm a little off here, but I think Chuck and I both had the Rams at least in the championship game, if not in the Super Bowl. I vaguely remember that, but that, no. a lot of time and and, and You're right, Phil. In between. I, I thought so. Uh, There's no so way I to trust... prove that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not recorded. It's not really. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I trust Jimmy G the least. In this particular game, although I believe I think the 49ers have won the last six times these teams have faced off, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't go that far back. I just looked at this season. Right. <laughs> you know, they're but you know, they're in their heads. <laughs> what about you, Chucky? Jimmy G. But maybe, yeah, it's Jimmy G because he's such a pedestrian quarterback. He doesn't do anything uh, all that exciting most of the time but he wins. Yeah. <laughs> he finds a way to win. Uh, so maybe that's his talent. Those two against each other, especially after this past week and Stafford made some really pretty throws. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't trust Jimmy G, but he is a, he's a damn good looking man. Man, he, he is. is. He is a, he he is is a handsome man. fella. He is, isn't he? I bet he, I bet he smells really good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrone Cologne. I think Jimmy G is a guy who's not going to win you the game, but maybe he's not going to make the mistakes that lose you the game. Whereas I still think Stafford's that guy. Uh, the last time these two teams played Stafford threw a pick to end the game. I think I trust Stafford a little bit less, but it's, it's pretty close actually. So Chucky, who you got straight up 
Rams, Niners. I'm still going to stick with the Rams. I think it's tough to beat anybody three times at anything in a row. I don't care if it's tic-tac-toe or... <laughs> Rock, about paper, bottle scissors. and stick bottle well <laughs> oh, not that hard oh, that's oh, fired <laughs> you know like like phil said we me and him both picked the rams to go deeper and the more i'm thinking about the rams uh and i like them but i thought about it this weekend like they remind me of the florida marlins or the tampa bay devil rays that they brought in like established old talent who's doing a job and serving a purpose and it might ride them to the super bowl if von miller stafford yeah odell beckham god bless him yeah. happy for him uh, i still would take the rams I, I think you can't beat them three times in a year thank you the rams are going to win this game i think it's going to be surprisingly closer Although the line wasn't that far, I just feel like I look at the 49ers like this. How's this team still in it? I, I don't understand how this team's still in it. I think they're going to be better next year when Aaron Rodgers is under center for them. But, um, and maybe that oh, Rams wow. 49ers matchup will be something to watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I'm going Rams. I, I feel like Stafford probably throws two picks in this game, but it doesn't matter. I'll take the 49ers. I picked them to be good at the beginning of the year. So why not just keep riding them? They just keep winning. Uh, it's ugly. It doesn't make any sense. But if they keep winning, how do you start betting against them? They knocked off the number one seed last weekend. So why, why, why couldn't they go into LA and beat the Rams? So I'll take the 49ers, but I'm not going to feel great about it. By the way, I'm in a pool with some college buddies and I was 0 for 4 on the hey, divisional yeah. round games, which is really At something. you're consistent. <laughs> <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> All right, fellas, on that note, why don't we take our break? We'll come back and uh, talk some Cleveland sports. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment, and let's come back home to Cleveland for our sip of wine and gold, our Cleveland Cavs weekly recap, and it was another good week to be a Cavs fan. Cavs kicked off the week with a big win over the Nets, who did not have Kevin Durant, lost a good game against the Bulls on Wednesday, survived a surprisingly tough OKC team for a win on Saturday night. They finished last week at 28 and 19, still in the fifth spot in the East. The Nets and the Bulls are both obviously playoff teams right at the top of the conference. Phil, what did we learn about those two teams in the games the Cavs played against them this week? What we learned is you're right. The Nets and the Bulls are in their, their playoff teams, but they're dealing with some injuries themselves, as are the Cavs. So, okay, maybe that equals things out a little bit, but you put a Durant on that Nets team, and that's a that's a different animal, right? And you put, I mean, the Bulls are down two of their top guys, I believe, and will be for a while. But what we learned is the Cavs are, they're right there, man. Like, they are a playoff team. In the, and I'm not talking like the play-in, the bottom four. Like, I think they're a top six team in the East. They might not catch the Nets and the Bulls as they tend to get healthy. We could catch the secretly shitty Milwaukee Bucks maybe and, and, and buy for a... <laughs> five or four or three spot right i think we could do that i don't know how many more injuries the Cavs can survive even though they keep winning but as long as it's affecting those teams as well yeah phil's right yeah. You know, yeah. 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 This, this is a, a top four or five team for the rest of the season so uh, it proves that they they can probably play with anybody i don't care that durant didn't play i'm glad he didn't play i hope he doesn't play when they play him again or they play him, uh, okay, you, hate, you hate to see it happen to a guy like that that's right, right. Yeah, right. i hate to see it i hate to see yeah. it but this the fact that this team really the confidence they have and how great they play doesn't matter who's playing a lot of guys step up and score like uh Coro is scoring in double digits most nights now where the beginning of the year is like, hey, he's really good at defense. And now, yeah, now he, yeah. Now he can score. Uh, so I guess what I take away is, is they can play with damn near anybody on any night. I think you guys are right. The Cavs are they're right in that four, five, six range. And I think 
the Nets and the Bulls are probably in that one, two, three range. And I think that showed the Nets were a lot deeper than I thought they were. I always thought that's just, oh, it's just a big three. And then it's like these, a bunch of stiffs, but you know what? Patty Mills somehow is awesome off their bench. LaMarcus Aldridge somehow can still play basketball effectively. I looked at it and thought, man, I don't like, we can play with these guys, but there's a big step up the Cavs are going to need to take to compete with those teams in the playoffs. That Bulls team is really deep too. And they were missing, like you said, two of their starters and they were, mm. they still looked better, um, more athletic. The Bulls always had an answer for everything the Cavs were doing and Cavs never really could get a handle on that team. I just, it's not a knock on the Cavs. It's, they're a young team and they're still figuring it out. And these other teams, I think are just a couple steps ahead of them, but it, I think what I learned was, all right, this is what the, the teams at the top of the conference look like. And we're close, but we're not quite there yet. And I think that part of that is what Chuck was saying, is at some point the injuries have got to start catching up and, and slowing this team down. Rondo was back for tonight's game, uh, but it's the first time in more than a week. And just like that, uh, you know, marketing goes down. So far, the only thing I've found online is that it, they think it's a high ankle sprain, which I it think is. is like a minimum of six weeks. He might be out, if not more. Say what you want about Markinen. The Cavs have outscored their opponents by a combined 178 points this season when that dude's on the floor. Uh, So he's a big part of what they're doing. Jared Allen misses tonight. And at some point, do we pump the brakes on expectations for this team because losing key guys, still not having a reliable backup point guard, it's going to catch up to him, right, Phil? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yes i i I think it will and and chuck's exactly right and you're alluding to it as well like the calves aren't experienced or deep enough to continue to sustain the these kind of injuries the way this team has slowly morphed into this all right we're going to trot three seven footers out there and then play with amazing guard play that can shoot the ball from all over the place as you start to lose your bigs you're in trouble because you really rely on that mismatch right we've got athletic bigs we tend to start three athletic seven footers when marketing's out there allen and mobley so marketing goes down and that he's not coming back I, i mean this is what is this end of january i'm end of end of march end of march would be Six to eight weeks, eight weeks from now is end of March. And that's when he'll probably be back. Now that might be great if we can keep a playoff position. He was really turning it around here recently too. I mean, that dude, he was a double, double machine every night, all of a sudden. So that's a big loss. I don't know what Alan, Alan was out with an illness tonight. Hopefully it's not prolonged, but you know, I don't think the Cavs can, can sustain injury to our starting five knowing that we don't have the depth anymore because we're here's what we've put together three, seven footers and a point guard that is coming into his own in his, in his what second season. Yeah. Chuck, I know Kevin love thinks they're going to win the rest of their games. <laughs> yeah. Miller school of driving pump the brakes <laughs> moment, right? Oh, I mean, they've won seven on the last day. I think tonight, nine and three in January, which is best in the East. So yeah, I mean, maybe a light tap on those brakes. I don't know if you need to go all the way down and, and hammer on them because I, I think there's a green light here at uh, at the trade deadline that they might make some moves to deepen up that roster because they know they can make a run. Whatever it is, you know, like draft picks kind of mean nothing in the NBA. You can yeah. trade six twos for for yeah. somebody who's gonna <laughs> yeah. who's gonna help right. this team this year. Right. So if, if they make some some moves and bring in some help, uh, why not? And then guys get healthy uh and then you have a formidable deeper roster come april when when it really starts to matter when maybe when the rest of the nba starts playing like the Cavs do night in and night out where they take every game seriously maybe the Cavs end up deeper at that point i hope i hope they bring in a little bit of hope another point to that too is is something that i wasn't paying 
nearly enough attention to. Maybe you were shocked because you're the Cavs uh, guy for our pod, but <laughs> they have the second easiest schedule the rest yeah, of the season. They sure do. Second yeah. easiest schedule the rest of the season in the NBA. So you remember how front loaded they were. Remember we were yeah, talking right. about like when do they get to play shitty teams? <laughs> right. And all these playoff yeah. teams. Apparently the, the rest of the, of the way. And so this is what happens. Like I start looking at this and I convince myself that man, they're in trouble. They keep getting hurt. They've lost all these guys. This is happening and that's happening. They're beating some teams that are shorthanded as well. So maybe there's maybe that win's not quite as good as you think it is. And then, you know, they lose marketing. They play without Allen tonight and they go out and they beat not a great Knicks team, but you know, they, they won a game at home that they needed to win. They just keep going and so as much as i think we should be pumping the brakes i think i'm on kevin love's side i think they're gonna win the rest of their games. <laughs> it's gonna be some sort of a record i'm looking forward to it and you know what i think will be interesting is that as we get closer to the trade deadline uh this year unlike last year it's actually something worth talking about uh, i think the only thing we ever talked about last year was whether they could unload love at the yeah. deadline they're going to be able to make a move that is not like a franchise changing move. You know, it's not like they're dumping a contract to get like a lottery pick next year or something like that, or a first round pick trading away a bunch of picks to get a big name piece or a, you know, a huge piece for the team. You're talking about finding a backup point guard, right? Yeah, or yeah. maybe like a, another athletic forward that you can sit on the bench somewhere. Right. Is there, I mean, what else do they need at this point? Probably just exactly what you're saying. And, and I think like, how pleasantly we were surprised how how great Ricky Rubio played. His legacy here might be they trade him to yeah, dump yeah. that salary and bring in yep. a guy who can contribute. And he's the gift that keeps on giving, even if it's <laughs> out the door. But you're, yeah, you're right. They could probably use forward help and guard help, but um, it'll be the first time in a long time for the Cavs that they'll make a move to, to solidify this team for a real playoff run. And that's really exciting for me as the Cavs correspondent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you came along just in time, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, do you think they need anything else? I mean, it's, I don't even know if I think they need forward help. I think that it's no, the backup point guard thing yep. is still what bothers me the most. The glaring hole on this team is that backup point guard role, right? Like, you know, and, and Rondo, Rondo could be that guy for sure. But so then maybe, maybe it's just a backup guard. Maybe it's a one or a two, right? A guy that, that a guy that comes in and has that veteran presence can run the offense when you need him to can score the ball a little bit. You, you know, I'm describing a Ricky Rubio here, right? <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm describing, but a move at the trade deadline, that guy exists out there somewhere, some, somehow, like it's, it's not like you're just pulling someone off a G league team. Like this guy is on someone's bench. It depends on what would it take to, to pry that guy away from a team. It might be a Rubio to a team that is in, in salary trouble, right? Like that might be all you have to give up. You start talking about dumping a Rubio and a Colin Sexton, then you better, now you're talking like, well, that's yeah, gotta be a starter, right? Like that's a starting yeah. guy. You better yeah. get back for that. And I'm not sure that even as well as Garland is playing this year, I'm, I'm not sure you you're dumping Sexton yet. I don't know what they're going to do with them. And that's, that's probably a question for a different day, but I can't imagine they're, they're moving that guy at the trade deadline, unless they're getting something huge in return. I don't, I don't know, like, Le, like LeBron maybe, or uh, Giannis for Rubio. How about Sexton for Giannis? We'll throw in a second round pick and Rubio's contract done. I don't see why that doesn't get done. Yeah. Um, four, we'll seven start four seven footers <laughs> and Garland and Garland. <laughs> Oh man, Kobe Altman. There you go. There's your plan, buddy. We've come up with it. So that right there, fellas, pretty much sums up Cleveland sports news right now. As you, oh. as you may have noticed, there's not a lot going on. The Browns aren't playing. 
the most important Browns news was Mayfield's successful shoulder surgery this week. Yeah. The Guardians are still locked out. So, you know, we're kind of out of sports to talk about it, but it doesn't mean we're out of Cleveland news to talk about. Let's do our first ever from the land community update. (laughs) (laughs) According to cleveland.com, a sharp employee or narc at the AT&T store at the shops at Parma called police after discovering that a teenage customer was attempting to purchase a cell phone with a fake ID. The kid was arrested for identity theft. Chuck, too harsh? Well, my mom lives in Parma and I'm I'm trying to keep crime away from her so yeah. Not too harsh. <laughs> not lock too lock him up. Fucker up. <laughs> lock him up because he might be on Sprint which my mom is if he was in that store where my He's mom at the goes. AT&T store, Chuck. My mom might be on AT&T and if he was in that store where my mom goes, I don't want him to ever step foot in Parma again. The Geauga Times leader reported that the mayor of Middlefield Village flip-flopped his position and voted to deny snowmobiles access to the Maple Highlands Trail this winter. Phil, what do you think this means for the midterms and how do you think the big snowmobile lobby will respond? Man, I think that guy has, uh, he's, he's reading his press clippings, man. His head's too big. He is kicking snowmobilers off land that is being unused by anything at this point, right? <laughs> like, come well, on. People might be walking there. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know. Don't you just, don't you just yell on your left and just blow by him? That, that's not how, I don't know how snowmobile works. Know. I, I don't, maybe it's, uh, you know, a lot of horse-drawn buggies out in, in that area. Could that, be. Could be spooking the horses. There you go. That's the closest we're ever going to get to covering (laughs) politics. Um, Chuck, in Cleveland Heights, a woman, 43, told officers that she had started her car while it was parked next to her home, then went inside the house to get some things. When she went back outside, she saw a taller man entering her car. The woman got on top of the car's hood in an effort to stop the car theft, but fell off when the suspect accelerated and drove away. Chuck, would you jump on the hood of your car to stop it from being stolen? Not if it was a taller man behind the wheel. (laughs) He could reach the gas. (laughs) That's right. That makes me extremely nervous. No, uh, I'm not risking bodily harm for my Honda CRV. That's a lease. So (laughs) have at it, taller man. All right. Finally, Psalm Center and Chagrin River Roads near the bottom of a big hill. No more details were provided. The caller reported a golden doodle dog running loose shortly before 11 a.m. on January 12th. A responding officer checked the area, but was unable to locate the dog. Phil, shouldn't this be a bigger story? Man, I know about this hill. I, 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 I don't live too far from this hill. <laughs> and I believe this hill is widely known as where golden doodles go to die. And that's, that makes oh me feel awful. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's tragic. So I, think, I think the police officer should have, you know, Tried harder. Get out there and do. You find that fucking dog. What do you do? You find that fucking dog. You don't give up after an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our first ever from the land community update. Hopefully, some more sports stuff starts happening. Uh, but for now, we'll take our final break. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field and into the boardroom. Gentlemen, we need to save Major League Baseball because these guns aren't getting anything done. (laughs) Yeah, got it in there. (laughs) The last time we talked about this was after the owners and players had a seven-minute meeting. That was episode 52. That was the first week of December. A month and a half went by before the owners made 
an offer to negotiate a settlement to this labor dispute. That was on January 13th. And I get it. It's tough to get things done during the holidays. People travel, there's holiday parties, but you know, maybe just maybe there should be more of a sense of urgency so that, you know, they don't ruin the major league baseball season players and the owners did meet today. And in somewhat good news, maybe the meetings are continuing tomorrow. But what's clear to me is that these guys have no idea how to run a successful meeting or a negotiation. So I think we can help them. Let's talk meetings and suggestions we can make to the owners and the players to hopefully get this deal done so we don't miss any regular season game. Any good meeting, got to start off with an icebreaker. Let's use a baseball scale. Strikeout, obviously, at the low end. Home run on the high end. Tell me where you guys fall on these potential icebreakers for a meeting between the owners and the Players Association. First one is called, Would You Rather? And so you ask everybody in the room, you go around, ask them all questions like, would you rather have summer all year or winter? Would you rather make millions by having a baseball season or have everyone hate you? Would you rather come to a reasonable compromise where everyone gives a little or gets a little or have angry fans dick slap you in public? Chuck, where are you at on would you rather? I guess it depends on if you're going to be as passive aggressive as you were with those examples. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you are, it's a strikeout because it's going to be off-putting. Uh, but if you're somewhere in the middle, I say maybe uh, a ground rule double, even though it's not on the scale, <laughs> I'm putting it in the middle. Right. It's so, in between. It's in between yeah, strikeout yeah. and home run. Double. Now, I think a ground rule double is leaning toward the home run side, right? Like that, that's someone in scoring position. That That's good. That ball went a long way and hopped over a fence. I, uh, yeah, that's on the high end. Um, I like I like how Chuck broke that down. I, that's um, yeah. It, it, a lot comes down to are you going to alienate the group around the boardroom table by being passive aggressive <laughs> or not? And, and let's hope not. I, I don't think you would. You're, you're too smart for that. So I think, would you rather, I'm going to say that is a, a sharp single to the opposite field, okay. right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Single double range. Probably. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to start the meeting off on the wrong foot. One of the potential games that I didn't include was uh, two truths, one lie which maybe wouldn't be the best game for these guys to play beforehand. Um, Next one, 18 and under. Um, It's not what it sounds like. Everyone would share an accomplishment they had before turning 18. So Phil, where do you fall on the baseball scale about telling people uh, that you led the team in stolen bases senior year? I was 18 though. That wouldn't count. And that, and that's not true. Terzik beat me by one. Oh, well then you we had met, we, we, we never got caught stealing though. He was 25 of 25. And uh, he told me this recently. In a, what? In a, yeah. This we is were never real? caught stealing. This is real. You stole 24 bases and never yeah. got caught. And he stole 25. He beat me. Was Tursic that fast? He oh, was. Yeah. Well, more I amazingly, is, it now. more amazingly was Tursic on base that much hitting ninth. I guess he was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what the hell was I doing? Where were all my RBIs? If I was up next, he was already on second. This is really more of a problem with my baseball, <laughs> my stats, but wow. I don't even remember the question. So the oh, 18, 18 and, under. and under, yeah. 18 and under. I, I like that. What have you, what did you achieve before 18? I'm going to give that though, an excuse me, single, not a sharp single to the opposite field. All right, Chucky, how about you? I'm going to give it a swinging bunt only because <laughs> kind of an excuse me. Single, right? yeah. Only Oops. because most of this boardroom is filled with power positions or elite athletes who have moved into something else. So probably 18 and under, they were like, what's your greatest accomplishment? Two chicks at the same time. That's probably what happened. So uh, they're at a different scale than Danko being 24 for 24 on stolen bases. I don't even so, know what uh, that, yeah. Tercy yeah. beat me. That's all I remember. 
I'm going to give this one a strikeout because for exactly <laughs> the reasons Chucky is talking about, I think all of the owners are going to be nerds. Like the most important thing they did accomplishment by the time they were 18 probably had nothing to do with girls probably had like really good grades or something where all the athletes were like studs when they were 18. Uh, and so I think that's going to be off putting to the negotiations. We're trying to bring people together. Last game, human rock, paper, scissors. As a group, decide on physical poses that will represent each element in the game, like the fetal position for rock or going stiff as a board for paper. Just like the real game, one, two, three, shoot, you strike the pose. Chuck, how about human rock, paper, scissors? I think that's a line drive in the gap. Oh, because oh wow. You're, All right. You're talking about uh, turn for two. You're talking about bringing out the competitive edge of not only athletes, but uber wealthy people. Yeah. And they're all super competitive, no matter if it would, uh, it, it wouldn't be super embarrassing for them to get in a fetal position. All they care about is winning. So I think that's a pretty good, actually, that's a pretty good way to, to get into a meeting. I might bring it up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, how about you? Yeah, I, I, I like this one. Uh, I'm, I'm a little, and this, maybe this is just, because of what I do for a living, I'm a little concerned. These, these owners are going to get injured doing this like without a doubt, <laughs> like they're going to pull something and it's going to be one round of, of rock, paper, scissors, and someone is going to have to limp off. But I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the physical challenge aspect of it. I think get these stiffs out of their chairs, get some blood flowing. I want to see what a scissors look like. You did a good job describing a rock and paper. There's going to be some lower extremity and upper extremity representation of scissors. And I want to see what that looks like across that, that boardroom table. Yeah. And I think I want to see Paul Dolan doing it. Um, <laughs> that, would be, that would be really entertaining. You know, we need him to step up in these negotiations because the, the guardians have some stuff to lose if these things go the wrong way. Um, so, all right. Once the meeting starts, what do we do or what do we suggest to make sure it's successful? Do you take cell phones away? Sure. <laughs> okay. I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe you come up with a cool uh, penalty for not silencing your cell phone. How about that? Like, okay. Like let it be known ahead of time. You can have your cell phone, but if your version of 80s hairband warrant goes off in the middle of the <laughs> meeting this is your penalty and you know maybe it's you have to stand in the scissors position for the rest of the, of the meeting i don't know <laughs> what's the average length of these meetings right now eight minutes, minutes. <laughs> yeah. well, they, they went for like go... a whole day today like it, oh, they, they might... day. yeah so the average is up to like three hours because the yeah. first one was less than eight minutes <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't know if really wealthy men can keep off their phones for that long because it's not their only money-making investment. Uh, and I'm sure most of them have other businesses that need attention in a three-hour period. If it was eight minutes, I would say it's a great idea, you know, put them in a basket and leave them out in the lobby. But but with with that kind of commitment to a time frame, I'm sure they have to make big decisions other than are we playing baseball this year? So uh, I think you got to leave the cell phones in there. And, and we need them to record the rock, paper, scissors. That's true. One person can have a phone for that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you take the phones away because the need to be on the phone becomes a motivation to get something done, to get the meeting over with and, and to get these things worked out. Uh, plus phones are a distraction. You can't get anything done. If you're everybody's checking their phones, you're not really paying attention. I say, take the phones away. Chucky, how about a talking stick? Does that mean that you hand somebody a sliver of wood and that's the only way they can talk? Yes. Is that what a talking yeah. stick is? You yeah. have the conch. I hope it's not a sliver. I hope it's like a good size. Right. Like everybody bat? needs He's tweezers bat. to get yes. the splinters. Yeah. A bat. fungo. How about a talking fungo? Talking fungo. <laughs> talking fungo. <laughs>
<laughs> I haven't heard that word in a long time. <laughs> Not a bad idea. It's uh, right on par for for what's happening in there. If it's a fungo or a bat, but yeah, sure. Just because it's not nearly as ludicrous as playing human rock paper scissors, so <laughs> I'll say all good with a talking stick slash fungo. Yeah, I'm okay with the talking fungo. I think um, there's probably a lot of people in the room that really are not active listeners. Like they're just waiting their turn to talk because that's who these guys are, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we need, we need some rules and regulations here. So you have the conch, you can speak and the rest of you will be forced to listen. You guys have obviously been through dozens and dozens and dozens, if not more meetings during your professional careers. What's the most important thing you think is out there for having a productive meeting? Wow. The most important thing. I would say the single most important thing for a productive meeting is to have a, an agenda that is well thought out before the day of meeting. You know, like you come to the meeting and everyone is aware of this is what we're discussing today. Now, these meetings are, my meetings tend to last anywhere between an hour and three to four hours, right? So an agenda is key where these meetings go all day long. Like I'm sure they have some framework, but framework has got to be, that's got to be distributed to these people so that they stay on task, or at least they know like, this is what we're here to discuss. Being prepared is really important. I've sat through far too many meetings where I realized I'm the only asshole who's prepared for this meeting <laughs> and actually has I did my typed job. out copy points of what I need to talk about where everybody else is just vomiting at their mouth, trying to fill time. I'm a believer that meetings are time robbers. Usually you don't get a whole lot done when you're in meetings for too long. The most important thing I think is staying on topic practicing word economy say as much as you can with as little verbiage as possible yeah. so we get to the point and we get in and we get out i love it practicing what are you, practicing word economy word yeah. economy yes sir. oh i love it that's good. terrible for a podcast but really good for a meeting <laughs> no no it's good for a podcast too <laughs> oh come on all the outtakes make, you be missing out on <laughs> it would make my job a lot easier outtakes would suck <laughs> organization is good Word economy is good too. I, I think you need a leader. You, you need to have one person who can actually control that conversation and can create the room where everybody feels like they're heard when they need to be heard, but the conversation moves forward. And instead of just talking about 90 different angles of something when 87 of the angles don't matter, you get to the three or four important things, you get a decision made, you move on. So I, I don't know who is running these meetings. I suspect there is probably an independent of some kind who is in there in between the two sides saying, okay, we're not going to reach an agreement, you know, that eliminates, you know, the limitations on free agency in the first five years. Let's move ahead on to something we can, you know, the big sticking point is that the players really want less revenue sharing because they understand that the big market teams are the ones who are signing the huge contracts and they want more of those. So you move off of that point, you move to something different. And that leader in the room is a really necessary thing. So hopefully they got somebody good. What's the worst thing to do in a meeting, Chuck? Maybe I need to ask that better. What, what's what, what's the, the, the thing you want to avoid the most if you're trying to have a productive and successful meeting? Personal attacks uh, that are veiled. I've been part of those as well. <laughs> <laughs> where where somebody is cutthroat in the radio yeah, industry, <laughs> not not calling people out by name, but attacking that person when they're you know like kind of like um, 
your scale where you were passive aggressive, that kind of stuff, uh, not understanding how to manage the personalities of the people in the room, not the people themselves, their personality, because in any meeting like that, if it's a negotiation, if they shut down, that's a big problem. You're not going to get anything done. They're just going to dig in and it doesn't matter what you say or what you offer. Yeah, keep the passive aggressiveness and the conflict to a, a bare minimum uh, and just try to be productive and meet somewhere that both sides could agree on where neither of them feel like they're giving up or, or tricking them to think they're not giving up too much of their side. Along those lines, the worst thing that happened in a meeting is you let things like that derail the meeting. And this goes back to what you were saying, Gerber, where there's like, uh, you, you've got to have someone in charge here. You've got to have someone running this meeting, someone that is their sole task is to keep people on task and start to pull back when the personal attacks occur. Uh, Cause they will, I mean, what, there's a, what, 32 people sitting around this table, right? So I would imagine representing all sorts of personalities and the way they take in information or who they're going to be. And, you know, the personal attacks aside, just the loudest person, there's that person in the room too, right? Like, okay, you're just screaming the whole time. It doesn't make your point right. You're just louder than the guy next to you. Like all of that is, and that's tricky. That that's something you've got to, you've got to manage if you're leading the, the meeting. So if there is poor leadership in that meeting, that is going to derail anything that's on your agenda because it's going to turn into a shit show and people like Chuck said, making personal attacks, whatever I'm, I'm shutting down or whatever it is, this, this meeting has gone off the rails. I like what you're, you were saying, Phil, cause I'm kind of along the same lines is you can't let the talkers derail the meeting. Cause there are people who will just talk and talk and talk and talk. And just because you say more, doesn't mean you're right. Or just because you right. say it louder, louder doesn't right. mean oh. you're right. But in, right. especially in a group setting where I'll be like a lot of meetings I've been in, a lot of people in the room just wanted the meeting to end so they could get out of there. And so instead of getting a good decision, what you get is somebody just raising their hand saying, hey, let's vote on this because I just want to stop listening to this person talk. <laughs> and I've got this you know, list of 20 things I got to do this afternoon and I got to do this with the kids and blah, blah, blah. And that's when bad decisions get made. So you've got to find those really talkative people. And again, maybe it goes back to the leadership thing. You just got to make somebody, make sure somebody's there to make them be quiet when they've said their piece or, or more than their piece. Let's say these don't take all this great advice we've given them in time to avoid losing regular season games. There have been people writing in the media already that if we lose a significant number of regular season games, which is closer than... You think it's by mid-February, they got to have this wrapped up or else they're going to start losing games. But there's people in the media writing already that fans will not forgive them and will not come back to the game if that happens. Do you believe that's true, Chuck? It might be like casual fan, maybe. There's still people who, who dig in about NFL and players kneeling. Uh, there's still people who mention... Chris Jackson, who became, you know, uh, whatever his name was and sat for the national anthem in the NBA in the fucking nineties, always going to be mood. Abdul, yeah, Abdul Rahit. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. There's always yeah. going to be that subset of fans yeah, really. that just want to hate to hate, but there's, there's going to be people like us who are going to watch either way, watch more than go, I guess is what it is. No, I, I don't think it affects it too much, but if we're talking about all the major sports right now and barring hockey, cause it's 
it's major, but it's not major. Major League Baseball has done the absolute worst job of becoming accessible on a digital platform and snapshot like NBA does and NFL does through social media. There's so many restrictions on what they can and can't do. A game that moves so slow when everything is picking up pace. That's their biggest issue is that a younger generation ain't going to sit there for three and a half or four hours and goes to extra innings. And I lived for games that I was this thing. This motherfucker is going 16 innings. Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit anymore about that stuff. So uh, there's always going to be a a group of fans you're going to watch no matter what. Can they alienate fans by not coming to an agreement? Because there's always that underlying issue that very wealthy players and uber wealthy owners can't figure this thing out and i'm busting my dick 80 hours a week and all i want to do is watch a game there's always going to be that there so but no at the end of the day no i don't think it's that huge of a deal if they start missing some games there's 162 of them yeah we'll be all right if there's 100 of them we'll be fine (laughs) in fact go ahead and miss 62 (laughs) (laughs) Phil, what do you think? Actually, what you just said, I was thinking as Chuck was saying, that, I was like, you know what? A lot of people have been calling for that, like contract the season. The regular season's too long. We don't care. We don't care about games in April and even May, you know, wake me up in June and where's my team and, and this kind of thing. So if they lose some regular season games, I don't, I don't know that that would negatively affect the fan base. It will certainly negatively affect teams making money, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, oh yeah gate is gone and and they're coming off of two bad years right because of covid it's an odd financial situation because i think normally you expect the owners in these labor disputes to have an advantage over the players financially this is a weird one because maybe that's not as uneven as it usually is because the owners are coming off of you know two seasons with no fans or limited fans and and less games so looking at less games i don't don't think it decreases oh i'm I'm no longer a baseball fan because i don't get to watch 162 guardians games this year i I think more fans might be interested if it's more of a a shortened season to be honest like okay the best best of 100 best of 81 whatever it is but the problem that lies within that is especially in a market like cleveland you need that gate even if it's not great and you need those 81 home games i just can't believe that people walk away from being baseball fans like we saw this in the mid nineties when there was a strike and there was no world series. Everybody came back. You know, maybe Jose it won't Canseco be a bring us back. That's what right. I was going to say. What we steroids, really need, baby. If, we, if we miss any games, we've got to bring steroids back because For that's sure. the key. Yes. Um, I just think history tells us that the fans come back because baseball is still ingrained enough in our society that none of us are giving it up. Even if these cunts act cunt and can't figure it out in time to play games. Boys, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that Weber Grills mass email the recipe for barbecued meatloaf on the same morning Rockstar Meatloaf's unfortunate death was announced. With that news about bad timing for an otherwise nice company and the too soon passing of an underrated rock legend, I hope you guys have a great week. And let's get together and do this again real soon. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mr. Loaf. But a move at the trade deadline. Told officers that she had started her car while at, while it was, A caller reported a golden doodle.
or have angry fans dip <clears throat> damn it i just don't buy it i think history is gonna be awesome that... <laughs> what was that I said Fran Mill is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude's going to be awesome. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. His head is going to be gigantic. <laughs> um. And got it. Uh. Uh, <laughs> high life. High life. Look at oh, that. Man. That's, like it's high life and it's glass. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab this one. I don't know how much I'll make it through because if I make it through the whole thing, I will be asked out of sleep before this podcast is over. That's what you do when you travel, though. You get hammered yeah. for no reason by yourself in your room. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm off to a good start. Yeah, I'm almost a little bit offended that you didn't tell us you were getting a forty, so that we can come prepared as well. <laughs> it was impulse. Like I went, I figured like I got to go get dinner, and I don't know anything around here but i asked the lady at the front desk if there's a bar i'm in the south kind of like there's a barbecue place yeah. right down the street it's probably a top three brisket i've ever had in my life oh, yeah and it, carolina barbecue like, is really like good. a little shack yeah. and i'm like oh, yeah this is so good yeah and then there was a gas station and they had a, they had a fine selection of 40s really <laughs> so, yeah also does not shock me i'm uh <laughs> I'm a bit jealous because even if you gave us a heads up, I, I have like one place I could go to to get a phone. Uh, that's it. Yeah. And if they weren't open, I'd be yeah. ass out anyway. It wouldn't no. matter. That's good stuff. It doesn't taste that bad. <laughs> we have uh, we have so much snow right now. Way. Like we've gotten like mm. eight or ten inches today. I know Cleveland's getting hammered too. Yeah. Um, I was standing in my office on the phone, looking out my window, which looks out on like the street right outside the front of the house. And um, guy came to the corner, makes a right-hand turn, going way too fast, comes sliding, oh, no. like, straight towards the house. Now, I mean, like, there's, like, oh. a, there's giant snow piles and stuff, yeah. and plenty of stuff that keep him from hitting the house. But I um, was watching, spins out, almost hits our snowbank, drives half a block down the street and pulls into the little corner liquor store, hops out of his <laughs> car. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hope he's going the other way to get home. <laughs> so I listened to a bunch of meatloaf this weekend because, you know, he had yeah he had passed away. Um, what what type of music is meatloaf playing? Rock opera. Yeah. Is that, that is, is that yeah, what it is? Is say, that like yeah. theater yeah. rock or something rock like that? Opera, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, did you know that he was, I mean, his career was, they, he broke it big because of Cleveland. Absolutely. Like he, yeah, yeah. He was signed to a record deal. I didn't know his that. first record deal bad out of hell was a Cleveland, Cleveland international. I think Yeah, Cleveland international. You're exactly. It right. was the yeah. same guy. I believe the same guy who owned the Agora yep. back then. Yep. He oh, played wow. a concert. Steve Gorman. I think it was like Steve yeah. Gorman was, the I think you're right. Name, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. He shopped that, like that album for years the and labels and everyone's like get the fuck out of here w uh, wms would play it like yeah. it was it was it was produced out of cleveland and they just had a deal with the buzzard like okay we're gonna play this and i was reading this article over the weekend that and i didn't realize this like that makes like meatloaf fine like okay cleveland was a big player in rock and roll obviously um but the same process was a huge thing for springsteen's career early on yeah. like wms signed it said like, all right oh, we'll, yeah. we'll play we'll play his music even though he's not known yet you know kind yeah. of thing uh, cleveland Spring was um cleveland was one of the first places like outside of like new jersey 
yeah where he developed a huge fan following he played like one of his most famous concerts was 1978 so that's what i was getting at it was this weird connection be- between the agora their ownership this record label and wmms like they yeah. had this they were all in bed together at a time where it was like okay you know, there's not this mass media, right? Like, all right, we're just going to get this rolling in Cleveland, Ohio. And And it's so, it just blows my mind that they have that drive. It's a pass to Tyreek Hill, right? Was the first one. And then a pass to Kelsey. Like who the fuck else? Like bills, what are we doing, man? (laughs) Who are we covering that? So it was but that as wasn't amazing. as bad as the um, that's exactly what I was like about to the say. Cooper that, Cup thing. The Cooper Cup thing. Like, Saturday, what are you ridiculous. doing? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I agree 100%. I feel like as miraculous as that was with the Chiefs, like that, those plays made way more sense. Yeah. Because they were so hard to defend and they were drawn up so well. Yeah. And you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you know, slinging it. That Cooper Cup on two consecutive plays yeah. to get that. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you could have played a prevent defense with instead of at the goal line at like the 45 and just be like, all right, everyone back here. Yeah. No yeah. one gets yeah. past us yeah. and everything yeah. gets tackled in front of us yeah. and you're done. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How about our boy, Aaron Rodgers, though, man, ah, his entire career is all about this. Like he's been to one Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, but it's nuts. It's like, I would have, um, like I picked the Packers to win Yeah. Oh, because I would say like, Hey, yeah. they've been the most consistently good team all <clears> season <throat> long. They've got some defensive issues, but you got a quarterback who can make pl- enough plays to overcome that. And, and here you go again, Yeah. losing again to a team that they should have beat scoring only what, like 10 points. Yeah. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. Or 13, what, maybe they, what was it? Was it 16, 13? Was that the end of that one? I can't remember it. So I, I think it's already been, been two 15, days. 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, I mean, that's just Aaron Rodgers has gotten that Packers team into the playoffs every year and yeah. they've come away with yep. one Super Bowl. That's uh, yeah. 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 Somebody texted me today. It was like, man, they've had 30 years of all pro quarterback play. Yeah. And it's two, 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 two yeah. Super Bowl wins. Yeah. yeah. Two Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Um, I take oh. it every day of the week. Of course, as a Browns <laughs> fan, give me one, right? Yeah. I'll take one in 30 years, let alone yeah. two. But but could you – I mean, the Browns haven't sniffed quarterback quality like Favre and Aaron Rodgers in Ever. Per, perhaps well, it's history. Otto Graham Otto and I don't Graham. know. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, no, that's that's hearsay it. at this point, right? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was really good at a time where the forward pass was thrown underhand. I have no idea. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Otto Graham get out of whatever wheelchair he's in in some nursing home, beat the hell out of you for saying that. Bring it, Otto. I'll show you an, I'll show you an oh. underhand throw, kid. <laughs> well, I'm not saying he wasn't awesome at it. I'm just saying it's been no. that long since we had a <laughs> dominant quarterback. <laughs> it was interesting to hear. Like, I, I feel like Love's probably, and we'll probably get into this in a minute, but Love's probably going to be forcing a little, a lot more minutes now, given the injury, yep. right? Yep. But that dude, like, just to hear him talk, and I, I just heard him talk on the radio. I couldn't see what he looked, you know, his facial expressions. He is, talk about a 180. He is loving yeah. this team. Yeah. Like, he, 
he's all about like, I will go out there and, and drain six threes like I did tonight if I need to, or I will go out there and pass the ball all around to these young guys that are, he's like, it's next man up, man. We're just going to win every game, one game at a time. Okay. <laughs> We're going to win every game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, this is great. Calm down, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he really shouldn't do anything else besides shoot threes. Every once in a while, he tries to do like a spin move or something like that, or like a fadeaway, <laughs> like near the key, clank. Misses well, it. He should just stand he, there and shoot threes. He's awesome I think he should shoot threes. And I think he, I think he should be that guy like at the top of the key that the, the play runs through. Cause he's a good passer. He's a really good passer. Yeah. yeah and right? it's a good rebounder too. So when yeah. he, if somebody else is shooting a three, he should go into the rim, but, but we um, need, like, I, I almost texted out on what is Saturday night when we were playing OKC and it was like, geez, this team looks terrible. And we still won some out, but um, they need like Allen Mobley and Garland have to be on the court at the end of games now, like given the injuries we have, yeah. like you need those three or, or it's just a different dynamic yeah. out there. Yeah. And they finally put them back out there and we won, but yeah. Well, as long as we're here, <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about some cash. Yeah. <clears throat> What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?